How we present our ideas profoundly impacts whether people support us and our goals. This week, Bob Graham talks to Keith Daw, Vice President of Business Development and Trainer at Sandler Training in Baltimore. They're going to talk about presenting our ideas and how soft skills come into play. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to Episode 66 of the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. I'm Dr. Tobin Porterfield, and in a minute, Bob Graham, my co-host, will be sharing the second part of his interview with Keith Dahl, Vice President of Business Development and Trainer at Sandler Training in Baltimore. In Episode 65, Bob and Keith discuss sales and soft skills. If you missed that episode, you definitely want to go back and listen. They provided some great insights into the role of soft skills in sales. This week, they're going to talk about presentation and sales. Oral presentation is a soft skill, and it's one that Keith has spent a great deal of time developing and teaching to high-level executives. Whether you do sales or you just want to be better at sharing your ideas with your colleagues, your loved ones, or anyone else, you're going to really enjoy this discussion. Take it away, Bob. Everyone in this world, I would posit, and I was thinking about this last night as I was preparing for this interview, that everyone is in a sales capacity at some point in most of our days, whether we're in a job that requires us to sell to a customer, whether we're in a job where we're selling an idea or an approach internally to our team or the people around us or to a boss, or even in our home life, I think about the things I have to sell to my wife about, hey, let's go to this party this weekend, or I want to spend money on this guitar part. Can you, does that reconcile with how you see the world of sales? And with that, are there some tips that you can give someone just to be more successful in whatever they're selling? We've talked about sales making money from selling a product or service, but I think it's broader than that. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would agree in, in every sense, and particularly when it comes to family, whether it's selling a spouse on an idea or anyone who has children. <laughs> certainly understand sometimes you have to get a little creative with that selling process for them to get the, the buy-in. And, um, so, and that's where your presentation skills really can come in handy. So I, I definitely think with thinking about starting within an organization, everybody is part of the sales team on some level. So you might have somebody who's on a customer service team and they might be miserable, if you will, because all these people keep calling in and complaining about something that's not going right. However, if they have an intentional mindset, a sales awareness, and is part of the culture, there might be that that part of them that wonders, okay, are they just having a bad day and just want to call and vent with somebody and I'm the recipient? Or why are they having the problem? Is there perhaps something that they've outgrown their existing solution or they were sold the wrong thing or something has changed in their world? So to be able to genuinely be a great communicator to find out, okay, what's below the surface? Now, unbeknownst, you might have opened up an opportunity for a sale to send to somebody else on the team, you're not in that dirty sales world, but at some point you've now recognized that there is something that your company can do or solution they can provide that can alleviate that pain. I think I've seen situations where the, the, the delivery team, whether it's an operation, an installation, or a physical truck driver delivering a product or a courier can sometimes see other items just, uh, hey, I've noticed that's been broken for a couple weeks. Did you know that we did that? So I think a lot of it is just a sense of awareness. And if you're 
you're, if you're trying to sell something to somebody all the time, I think it makes you feel dirty and I think it makes you look un- un- unprofessional. But I believe there's a lot of people that touch a lot of things and don't recognize it. Uh, I know a, a couple years ago, I had a situation where the person did just, she's, her mindset was I answer the phones and I distribute the mail and that's all I do here at the company and I smile when somebody walks in the door. But she was at a, a a soccer game with her kids over the weekend, and somebody was really just complaining about this thing in their business that's just not going well. And at some point, just by osmosis or otherwise, she heard enough things that were going on in conversations and saw enough pieces of paper with, with stats and info on it. She goes, you know, I'm pretty sure our company helps people fix that kind of stuff. Can I introduce you to somebody on Monday? Because it sounds important. And she brought in a huge piece of business, never expected it, but got a nice little check as a thank you as well. But part of it was just being being in the moment and being aware, I think. And also being committed to the product or service that her company was selling, clearly. Absolutely, because she very well could have turned around and said, I think we, we, we try to sell that stuff, but I, I would, I'd, I'd never hire people. You know, there, there could be those moments, too. So I think uh, the belief at some point, do you believe that your product or service or the people within your organization can help people who are facing X? Then it's a little bit easier for you to say, hmm, do you think it would make some sense to introduce you to Joe or to Susie to maybe see if they might be able to help you with that? And I think you get at the real issue with sales that I've come around to over the years from feeling like when I was selling, I, I felt dirty and cheap to now. I really believe that I'm providing people with a solution to a problem they may or may not know they have. And so giving them that information is really a gift to them. Whether they choose to use it or not is up to them, but taking Mm -hmm. the time to share with them, hey, there's a way you could do this better. Here's an alternative. Here's some things you may not have thought about to me is actually a service to people, not just me being a sales guy. And I think that's how... Someone might be listening to that and say, well, that's just how you pacify yourself to say that you do sales. But I think that shift in mindset actually affects the way I approach people with solutions. Does that make any sense to you at all, Keith? It, it makes perfect sense, and it's in line with what and how we, we, we work as sales leaders and, and, and teams. Because as I've found personally and then through working with others, that sometimes that prospect comes to you with that perceived problem, but there's so many underlying things or the solution that they think they need, of course, is, is fall short. And I think many of us have fallen into that. But sometimes the reason that they are in the problem they're in is because they don't know how to make the right decision along the way. So not only just because, hey, by the way, I need to figure out how you make decisions in your organization or I can't get the sale on my commission, at some point understanding that the way their system or their process or their team has gone about picking the, the, the previous company or the previous product or the previous service, if they didn't understand what they were looking for or why or they go about making the wrong decision for the wrong reasons, well, they're going to repeat the same bad mistake with you no matter how polished you are. So being able to say, let's have a conversation, I want to understand, and being genuine about that, and and having the patience, we all need to have that little voice on our shoulder that says, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> uh, and, and, and then at that point, they say, you know, this person really cares. The other guy that we hired, he, he didn't really go this deep, he didn't really seem, and that's where they people, I think people want to share. They want to be able to say, look, Bob, can I just tell you really, look, this is what's going on and how long it's been going on. At some point when you hit that gold mine, it's great. 
Let's take a short break and we'll get back to our interview with Keith Dahl on presentation and sales and presentation. Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Could your business benefit from learning more about soft skills? We've been working with companies to help them identify their employees' soft skill portfolio and how to improve their workplace leveraging those strengths. Could this help your business? Well, if you feel like your team, your office, your company is stuck, not as productive as it should be, missing deadlines, constantly infighting and sniping, have key employees left for better jobs? Do you or the people you work with hate going to work? Our soft skills training can help. To learn more, call 937-SKILLS-5. That's 937-S-K-I-L-L-S and the number 5. We can talk about how we can help your organization with a customized soft skills plan of attack. Again, to learn more, give us a call at 937-SKILLS-5. Now, back to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Let's get back to my interview with Keith Daw of Sandler Training. He's about to talk about some of the common problems he finds with people who do presentations. You don't want to miss what he has to say. Here we go. I, I find that there are many who have uh, what we call PPS, premature presentation syndrome. So they're <laughs> saying and or sharing written or verbal nice. far, far, far too early. And there is a lot of features and benefits, a lot of assumptions that perhaps were made because you didn't have this great conversation that we're talking about to truly understand and, and get the direct and indirect, et cetera. So even if you're just prolific as a, as a speaker or brilliant as a writer, it, it may all be for in, in vain. I, I do believe that you need to practice it and rehearse it. I am because I'm in front of groups of all different types, whether it's a speaking engagement or training or anything along those lines, I typically will practice anywhere from one and a half to three times as long practicing and preparing as I will for actually delivering. And and part of it is because I want to make certain it's as fluid as possible. I want to make sure it's natural and conversational. And, and I would certainly encourage anybody who are giving presentations for, for, for sales pitches, long or small, if it's five minutes, it needs to seem just like they're having a casual conversation with their best friend that they're looking to hire, who happens to be sharing some awesome stuff, instead of the two o'clock in the morning infomercial. And I've been on the receiving end of quite a few of those kind of presentations. No ums, no ahs, perfect pause, silence. But at the same time, it just seemed so infomercial, PSA, time to turn the, the radio channel type of So, Keith, when you're doing that preparation, that one and a half to three times as long, are you going through it word for word? Or are you going through it playing with words and sentences and paragraphs and ideas? Are you memorizing it down to the nth degree with the pauses? Or what's that look like for you? Pretty much a combination of, of all of those. And I, I think the biggest thing is to be very intentional with where you want to go. So you have that, that, that rough outline of here's the goal. And I always start with the goal in mind. When they're walking out of whatever this is, what questions do I want them asking? What kinds of nuggets do I need them to, to be able to work on, etc.? And then kind of build from where they are when they said, hey, can you come do this? 
to where I want to and then fill in the gaps with, with an outline of some sort. And so then as I outline, I'll kind of hit those the, those key points that are needed in, internally. And I'm trying to remember the, the, the book. Oh, uh, Ron Shapiro says that has the per- perfecting yep. your pitch. And, and I follow his outline and with a, a few little tweaks, probably more out of, uh, inconsistency than, than preference, but, uh, to be able to say, look, here's the outline, here's the goal, here's the outline, script it as though you were reading it, then make whatever edits and then practice and then repeat as necessary. Because I think people are fearful of scripts because they don't want it to sound like a script. So then my thing is you just practice it until it becomes as, as natural as, as possible. So I have given 35, 40 minute keynote speeches of some sort and sometimes rather, and I've had a, a small little three by three post-it note with maybe six or seven bullets, no more than three or four words per bullet, just to make certain that if at, at some point the lights flicker, technology goes crazy. I have, you know, one of those moments I can glance down and I've just done it. It's the muscle memory in that course. Okay. And would you say most people that you come across over prepare or under prepare when put in that situation of having to do a presentation? I would say probably under prepare and over stress and the okay. over stress could be because of the, the under preparation. So either they don't know how to prepare or, or, or they are, or, or they at some point just don't prepare enough. And that, that high school or college cramming for a test mentality probably isn't the best bet. Uh, but so to be able to intentionally block off some time undivided to be able to, to, to work towards it. And, and maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a topic that you're just no inside and out. And maybe you're spending 30 minutes just being able to get those nuances to customize it to the audience using certain jargon and things of that nature. But it, even if it's your, your, your turnkey, it's your go-to talk or your go-to presentation, you still want to make certain that you don't ever make assumptions, in my opinion. Okay, that makes sense. Are there any other – this is fascinating, and as someone who does a fair number of presentations – I'm just totally in awe of your ability to explain this. And I teach presentation. I've taught it over the years. It's great to hear these suggestions from someone else and hear it a different way. So I'm really enjoying this. Are there other suggestions you could give to someone who's in a situation where they have to do presentations? Because I'm sure that's a big part of your sales training. It, it is. It is. I think the biggest thing is make sure you understand who's in the room and what do they want to hear. Back to our earlier part, there are some times where we're making some assumptions or we're telling them what we want to, uh, and we don't necessarily know. We're just kind of crossing our fingers, hoping that it's going to help, and that would be a, uh, you know a, a, a pasta presentation. Let's say a bunch of stuff and see what sticks. Yeah. So that may not necessarily be the best. And, and then I think, again, it goes back to, to thinking as best as possible about, about DISC. If you stop and think, say, I am a D dominant style and you're speaking to a panel of you know, engineers and architects at some point, And as you've done your your preliminary, kind of get the sense that there are those S's and C's, maybe more reserved, a little resistant to change, risk adverse. And you're talking about all these great and wonderful actions and all these changes and all these things that are going to go across. You could get a lot of nodding and agreeing, a lot of bobbleheads there in the audience and at the same time, think you just completely nailed it. And it sounded phenomenal, spot on, but you lost the audience. 
So I think those are the things that sometimes taking all that into consideration, that's the difference between very good and super professional presenter. Okay. Well, Keith, we've covered a lot of ground. I wanted to give you a couple of minutes to explain what Sandler Training does. And keep in mind, we've got people all over the country and all over the world as as you explain that. And also something that you're doing that you're real excited about right now, either with business or your personal life. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's a mouthful. And, and I have what you said, what, 24 minutes for it. So, so (laughs) sure. I can, I can cut you off at any point. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Very true. The power of editing and technology, right? That's right. So the, so Sandler training has been around for nearly 50 years now since, uh, and created in, in, in Maryland. I'm in the, the Baltimore Metro market and has, well over 260 training centers worldwide, probably in excess of 180 in, in the States, uh, obviously throughout Canada, et cetera, as well. And one of the things as a business owner and former client that made me make the change into this training world was the conversational aspect that we're talking about right now, understanding the psychology, if you will, behind why people make decisions one way or the other to to be able to understand that we all have this this compliant child inside of us that if somebody's going to be nurturing and actually seem genuine that we can follow a process along and have a very very productive conversation and then it's something where we can learn through that process to be able to replicate it i I find there's a lot of salespeople, and i was one of those guilty ones that I couldn't necessarily look back and tell you why I did or did not get a certain deal, which made it very difficult to have a consistent uh, way to replicate. And Sandler Training is not a a training event. It is ongoing reinforcement training. Certainly, we have the virtual capabilities and the e-learning to complement and and to reinforce. But that instructor-led, whether it's in our training center or on-site at a, at a client's. Sometimes that hybrid is necessary for any number of reasons. And to be able to also be able to partner with the, the Sandler network collectively. So we, particularly our firm, we have got clients that are based locally. We have some that have uh, salespeople or leaders in other cities, other countries, and we can partner with training centers there to go from a handful of trainers to a couple hundred trainers as, as need be, or to be able to tap into the to the national or global accounts team through Sandler Training Corporate to then be able to have the scalability as well as pull in those resources. And, and I found in, in many different times that when people were looking for industry-specific types of training or perspective, we, that being Sandler Training, can be industry-specific in just about every industry. Because even if I personally haven't spent a, a, a ton of time training in that particular entity, I can put a, a message out to the, to the network and have a handful of people that are currently working with clients that are having phenomenal results. And I can do the little, the little powwow or I can bring them in whatever capacity. So that allows us to be able to be as nimble and as resourceful to the clients as possible. Now, Keith, tell us something we don't know about you or something you're doing that's really cool. It can be work, it can be personal, it can be whatever. 
Wow. So I think I'm going to do, I'm going to take the liberty and, and answer both. So starting with the work stuff, get the get the obligatory stuff out of the way. Uh, right now, we are we are super excited because there are so many companies that are trying to evaluate 2018, what worked, what didn't work, why or why not, and what, if anything, do I need to change for 19? And whether it's some complimentary sessions that we have on organizational design or LinkedIn or some other things that were just goodwill fourth quarter, meet new people, get, you know, get introductions to companies. We've got some of those. Uh, we also have some one and two day introductories to some of our core sales and core leadership. And so those are acting as an onboarding or at least a, Hey, let me take those first couple steps towards that personal or team uh, development. And it's exciting for us to be able to have a bunch of those dates on the calendar in, in October and early November. On a personal level, uh, it's been a good time to check off some some things off the, the yearly bucket list, if you will. So a couple of years ago, I made a commitment to visit two new countries and two new states every year. I only have a handful of states left, so I figured let's go ahead and be intentional about it. So my my countries for this year, I was at Canada a couple times this year visiting some colleagues. One of our training centers actually up in, in Ontario. And then I booked a flight. I'm going down to Costa Rica for a week in December. This this fourth quarter, I will be spending a couple days in, in Utah, going and seeing all those natural wonders. And then I'm it's either going to be a, a weekend trip in Portland, Oregon. Oh, that sounds great. I, I like that you're being intentional about doing things and that you're drawing lines between work and play. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to an interview Bob Graham did with Keith Dahl, Vice President of Business Development and Trainer at Sandler Training in Baltimore. You can find out more about Keith and Sandler Training at mcdonnell.sandler.com. That's M-C-D-O-N-E-L-L dot Sandler dot com. If you aren't in Baltimore, Keith will help find a Sandler training program near you, both in the U.S. and internationally. Next week, we'll talk about another one of our soft skills. New episodes come out every Wednesday. Until then, for Bob and me, thanks for listening. Good day and good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday.